0: Uh, Today is actually my last message around spiritual practices. Anyone happy about that? At last, it's over. Next week, Steve Bourne will be sharing uh, one last message or spiritual practice. But today, I felt to bring it to a conclusion as such. Um, And today, what I want to share about is probably not a spiritual practice, but rather what is required if we're going to maintain our spiritual practices. And maintain the purpose that they exist for, but before we go into that, I will just again recap what I shared back in July on why spiritual practices are so important, why what their purpose purpose is, and uh, and why we need to be committed to them. And so, if you remember, there's two things that I shared about the purpose of spiritual practices, and number one, simply that they exist. So that we may know God more deeply. They're there to help us know God. Remember, they're not there, they're not a works that we do to gain salvation. Salvation only comes through Jesus and putting our faith in Him and the grace given to us by God. Uh, But the spiritual practices like reading the Bible, praying, coming to church, communal worship, um, stillness and rest, and fellowship all these different things they exist to help us know God more deeply there is no longer any barrier between us and God but now in this time as God is available to us the true image of God has been shown to us through Jesus that now it's our responsibility to get to know God to our responsibility to draw close to him our responsibility is to dig deep into his word and discover who he is and what he has for us and that's what the expir- the spiritual practices exist for to help us draw closer to God and know him more deeply and the second thing about spiritual practices or the second purpose is that they are essentially the practices of the kingdom of heaven jack shared last week about the fact that we are part of God's kingdom now that we've become christians and that God is the king and we are his followers his his subjects now the, the Bible teaches us that when we were saved, that we become new creations. Isn't that right? The old man is passed away and we are now new creations. So think about it this way, is that as a new creation, it means that if you're a new creation, you have a new way of living. And so the spiritual practices exist to help us in that new way of living. And I'll share with you a passage, um, Oh, I'll share with you this quote from Eugene, because I can't not preach a message without sharing a quote from Eugene. But he's talking about spiritual practices, and he says, Prayer requires that we deal with God. And, and in explaining this God, he says, This God who is determined on nothing less than the total renovation of our lives. Isn't that a powerful statement. See, God wants to renovate our lives. He wants to restore and has restored the image of his son in us again, that we would be children of God. And so this idea of renovation, the reality is it does... Anyone ever renovated? It's hard work, isn't it? It's not easy. It's hard work. And the idea is that as God renovates our lives and transforms us into the image of his son that it's going to take work on our, our behalf. Another way to describe it as retraining. Like we have to retrain ourselves. And in 1 Timothy 4, 6-10, to Paul says these words, If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. As it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive Because we have our hope set on the living God who is the saviour of all people, especially of those who believe. So what do we do? We toil and strive. Not works to gain salvation, but we toil and strive to be honouring to God. We toil and strive to present our lives to God as a living sacrifice. We toil and strive. We work hard. We retrain ourselves in the ways of God's kingdom. Which is totally contrary, as the Bible tells us, to the ways of this world, so rather than live selfishly and for myself, now I have to train myself to live selflessly and for others. Does that make sense so it's a different way of living. The simplest way I can explain it is uh a few and often on occasions in the sporting world, um, people change codes or change sports. You know that they change the sports. So, a few years ago, there was a couple of guys who decided to change from playing rugby or rugby league and rugby union to playing AFL football. Anyone remember that? A guy by the name of Carmichael Hunt and a guy by the name of Israel Folau. You remember those guys? Now, it, interestingly, they failed dismally. Well, not, I wouldn't say that failed dismally, but they got paid a lot of money to do it and it didn't really work out. But... They had to retrain themselves. They had to train the way, and and it was hard work for them. They had to do different. They had to change the shapes of their bodies because it wasn't as much physical stuff as much as endurance in AFL. And so they had to learn to run and run and run rather than just this stop-start stuff of rugby. And and so they didn't need the strength that they had. And so they had so there's a whole change. And this is the thing for us as Christians. God has given us everything we need, but we have to use it to see the change in our lives, to see the transformation come. So if that means reading your Bible, if that means praying and coming even to prayer space and spending time in God's presence or coming to church and the different resources that he's given us, we need to use them to see our faith grow and to see transformation in our life. Does that make sense? It doesn't just happen as much as that would be nice oh i just i'm i'm like this one day and the next day i'm a different person you know we do have moments of amazing transformation quick transformation but for the majority of time it's just hard work but in the best possible way it's nothing better than a hard day's work isn't that right you feel like you've achieved something and so this so today I want to share about a requirement that we probably don't like to talk about a lot, but I, I sincerely believe that if we don't develop this requirement in our life, this attribute, this attitude, I don't know if we would see the fullness of what God would have for us. And so this requirement is not really a spiritual practice, but it is a, an attitude that we need to have when it comes to our spiritual practices to maintain them and to keep them going in our life. So this requirement is something we call perseverance. Ooh, who likes that word? Perseverance. And I'll explain more of it as we come, as we go on. But I believe perseverance is one of those non-negotiables in the toolkit of a Christian we need it we need it without perseverance we will not see the fullness of what God has for us we have to hang in there and I'll explain this more as we go but in James 1 verses 2 to 4 he says these words that we don't like to hear but are very true consider it all joy my brothers When you encounter various trials, for you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance be perfect, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Who would love to lack in nothing? Well, it requires perseverance. I want to give you a bit of Greek today. The Greek word for perseverance is and I think that's how you pronounce it. I didn't actually look up how you pronounce it. Say with me huppameno. So this, this Greek word has two parts. The first part is hupo, which means under, as in under the rule of someone. And the second part is meno, which means to abide or remain. This is really interesting. Because often when we look at perseverance, what we think we're persevering about is the trial we are under. We think, oh, I just got to get through this trial. I just got to overcome this trial. Just, it'll be okay when this trial is gone and I, it'll be okay. So I just got to hang in there. But that's not really what perseverance is all about. The literal meaning for perseverance is simply to remain under the rule of God. But not simply with resignation, but with vibrant hope. It's not about the trial or tribulation. The key to perseverance is whose rule you are under. Jesus, Jesus Jack, he's not Jesus. He's, he's, last week Jack talked about this, about being that Jesus is the king. And that we are under his we are in his kingdom and we are his subjects under his rule. And this is, this is crucial when it comes to perseverance. That what James is saying is you need to consider it pure joy because the test that you are going through is all about persevering and this persevering is all about the person you are holding on to this perseverance is all about what we have in jesus and and so it's not about necessarily what we're going through but it's about remaining where we need to be in jesus which is what damien was sharing about today we look at our world and we think what on earth is going on but in these trials and tribulations our focus should not be on the trial and tribulation it should be focused on whose rule we are under and if we're christians we're under the rule of jesus we are his servants and so we need like any good situation where there's conflict and trouble and trial and if you're a soldier in an army you are you're not doing things on your own accord you're doing things according and they train you and train you and train you to know that everything is done by the orders So you don't do anything until you receive your orders from your general or from your commander and so forth. And in the same way, this is our challenge that whatever we find ourselves in, we need to persevere by being ready to do whatever our king, our general, our commander tells us to do. So if he says, just wait and trust me, we need to just wait and trust him. This is what perseverance is all about. This is the idea Next week, Steve's going to share about discerning God's voice and how to hear God's voice and, and know that it is God speaking to you so, because it's really important. If we are going to remain under his rule, we need to learn how to know and discern if we're hearing God or we're hearing something else. Is that right? So it's exciting. So make sure you're here for that. It'll be great. But interestingly, this idea of perseverance in James is that it is a product of the testing of our faith, so it's almost like he is saying, "You won't know the value of your faith until it is tested." Is that right? Who's had that experience? You won't know the value of your faith until it is tested, and that means, as we've been talking over the last few months about spiritual practices, and that they they are there to help build our faith. They build our faith and build our faith. But we will never know the help that they have been, and this is the dilemma we face, we never know the help that the spiritual practices have been until we, until that help has been tested. Does that make sense? So, it is, I don't know about you, but it is when I've been in times of trial and tribulation and, and testing that memorizing the Word of God has helped me. That God would drop a scripture in my mind to help me get through that moment, and it, the testing produces perseverance because and because the practices that we have learnt to practice over and over again then reap the fruit that we need. So it, it's it's just crazy how often that has happened for me personally, that I'll be going through a difficult time and. In the middle of the night, I wake up with a song that we have been singing in church on a Sunday. Anyone had that experience? And I wake up with it on my mind, and it is exactly what I need to hear for that day. Anyone had that experience? Where that's just, just that, and it would probably be tomorrow, he holds me fast. Like, it, but it, the Holy Spirit uses that practice to keep us and to help us and to, to build us. I, I always like to use the experience of four-wheel drives because I, I always think it's a travesty that you see these people driving four-wheel drives around the city and they've never seen the outback and, and people go, oh, I like to drive my four-wheel drive because I'm higher than everyone else and I can see what's going on around me I guess that's true but they, a four-wheel drive is not made for the city a four-wheel drive is made for the outback. A four-wheel drive is made for difficult terrains. And you will know, never know the full value of that four-wheel drive unless you take it out back. And the, this is the truth of our faith. We'll never know the full value of it until it is needed to be used. And trials are the place where it is best used, I hate to say, but it's the truth. And the truth is that in Jesus is everything we need. And, and some commentators would say, even the ability to persevere is a gift from Jesus. Because they say the gifts of the Spirit, yeah, right. or not the gifts, the fruits of the Spirit, are things like patience, long-suffering, and faithfulness, which are all aspects of perseverance. And so the idea there is the more time you spend with Jesus... That As you walk in the Spirit, walk in step with the Spirit, it says in Galatians. Then the idea is that He will give you the fruits of the Spirit. You will produce the fruits of the Spirit. And one of those fruits is the ability to persevere. So I'll just bring it to an understanding with this. When we consider the definition of perseverance, there needs to be this attitude Of remaining under the rule of Jesus, no matter what life throws at you. Because the unwavering hope that we have is that Jesus and his love for us will always be enough. This is crucial when it comes to perseverance. That we would remain under the rule of Jesus. We will not take things into our own hands and try to work it out ourselves. But we will say, God, I, I trust you, I wait for you, I will, I will hang in here and not give up until you show me the way out. Because I trust you. And the, the hope that we have and the understanding that we have is that Jesus is faithful. The hope that we have is that Jesus is the rock, the foundation we build our life on that will not be shaken And the hope that we have is that he loves us. And we know that because of what he has done for us. He has shown us how much he loves us. Not even just by dying on a cross and rising again. He shows us how much he loves us by becoming one of us. Leaving heaven and becoming like us. Romans 5 verses 1 to 5 sums this up perfectly. I I'll, I'll read this because it probably explains it better than I could ever explain it. It says, "Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand." Do you get that? So it's because of our faith in him that we have access to God, we have access to everything That God has for us. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. What are our sufferings? Our trials, our tribulations, our testings. Because we know that suffering produces what does it produce? Perseverance. And what does perseverance produce? Character. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because, why? Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who, he, who has been given to us. How incredible is that? Why can we hope? Because of God's love that has been poured out into our hearts because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. I found this little quote that I just felt I had to share about perseverance. I don't know where it's from. It didn't have an author. But simply says, Perseverance is illustrated in nature for today's mighty oak is just yesterday's little nut that held its ground. Who's a little nut? (laughs) I'm a bit nutty sometimes. But that's all we have to do. All we have to do is hold our ground to the promise that God has for us. That he has promised to give us all that he has. And all we need to do is to hold on to him. That's perseverance. Holding on to him in the hope that he loves us. And that he will do what only he can do. So what happens when we persevere? Well number one, we grow in character. It, as we've already read, it, it produces character in our lives. I want to st- share with you, there's lots of characters in the Bible that would help us understand this. But I want to share with you a, uh, from the story of Jacob. Who knows Jacob? Jacob was the son of Isaac. Um, and his name literally means supplanter, which is basically like schemer or manipulator. And he was a master manipulator. With his mum, he managed to steal his, brother's, his older brother's birthright, um, which is a big thing in those days. And throughout his life, he schemed and manipulated his way to wealth and, and riches and all sorts of stuff. And, uh, and at this point in the story, I want to share in Genesis 32, where Jacob is about to meet his older brother again. And he doesn't know what is going to happen. Because he obviously, he's ripped his brother off and so he obviously thinks his brother will want revenge. And so we're going to read the story because we see something interesting happen in uh, Jacob's life that is really powerful when it comes to perseverance producing character. It says there in Genesis thirty two, twenty two. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, And his eleven sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob alone in the camp and a man came up and wrestled with him until dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked and he replied, Jacob. And then the man says, your name will no longer be Jacob. From now on you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied, then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising and Jacob left Peniel and was limping because of the injury to his hip. Even today the people of Israel won't eat the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night when when God strained the tendon on Jacob's hip. It's really interesting this story because it starts long before the wrestling part, the perse- where he persevered all night wrestling with literally God. It, they say it's a Christophany, uh, a a time in the Old Testament when Jesus came in man form uh, as a sign for what was to come. But the interesting thing at the top there it talks about how in the night he took his everything he had to the other side of the river and then he went back and he put himself in between his brother and his possessions or his most prized things so the thing that we see in this passage and then he wrestled with this man of God all night saying I'm not going to let you go until you bless me the really interesting thing about that is that Jacob was known to be a manipulator and a schemer and a a man that used words to gain whatever he wanted, but he didn't use words with this man of God. He just held on to him and said, I need your blessing, I need your blessing, I need your help. He didn't try to convince him any reason why, he just held on to him. And all night he persevered and said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And this is the really important thing that we need to know is that Jacob even before he wrestled with the angel showed signs of a change in his character in by placing himself between his family and his brother so that his brother wouldn't kill all his family he'd just kill him so he was already showing signs that he was changing and in this wrestle he would not let go and then in that moment the angel the man of god whatever you want to call it said to him what do you want like let let go of me and he goes I won't let let go of you until you bless me even to his detriment of his hip and in that moment the angel asked him what's your name and he said I'm Jacob and he says no you're not Jacob anymore you're now Israel Jacob meant manipulator schemer supplanter but Israel means a prince of men and so in that moment his character was changed he no longer schemed or manipulated. He now trusted God and knew that the only answer was in wrestling with God to get what was required. And that's, that's how perseverance can change us. As we persevere and say, I'm not going to trust in anything else. I'm only going to trust in God. I'm not going to trust in my ability to make things happen. I'm only going to trust in God. And in that moment, he was being who God had called him to be. And he saw the blessing from it. His character was changed. No longer the manipulator, now a prince of men. The second way perseverance changes us is that it grows our faith. The character I will talk about in this area is the man called Abraham, he happens to be Jacob's grandfather. And the interesting thing about Abraham is that God came to him and gave him a promise. And he said he would be a father of a nation, and uh, the fact is, Jacob had no children, and his wife didn't seem to be able to have children, and he's like, "This is ridiculous." So, so Abraham um, thought, "Well, okay, God's told me that He's given me this promise that I'll be a father of nations. My wife's not; it's not happening. There's nothing's going on there." So. I'll take it into my own hands. And so he, he took his wife's maidservant and he got her pregnant, thinking that I'll work it out. God's promised me this. God's not coming to the party, so I'll make it happen. And that caused all sorts of trouble, which we still see today. But um, And with that long story short, is that Abraham finally learnt that it's not about what he could do, it's just about what God could do. And so he gave up trying to make it happen himself and he trusted God. And if you know the story, when his wife was 99, she felt pregnant. That's a lot of waiting, 99. And it's pretty miraculous. There's no way he could deny that God didn't do it. But in Romans, Paul talks about Abraham and he says of Abraham, Abraham, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith giving glory to God and being fully convinced that he had promised that what he had promised he was able to perform and therefore it was accounted to Abraham for righteousness so think about this for this this is before Jesus came this is before he made a way for us to God because of Abraham's unwavering trust in God, it took a journey. He went through lots of ups and downs. He made a lot of mistakes on that journey. But in the end, he learnt that the only hope he had was in God doing it, and he trusted him. And it was—it literally means that it was a counter to him, right? It means he was saved. He, he was saved before Jesus ever came because of... He's persevered and trusted God and held on to God through thick and thin that it was accounted to him as righteousness. That's how perseverance builds and grows our faith. This is what God is calling us to. So often we find ourselves in difficult situations and we focus on the problem and try to work out a solution in our own strength. But what God is saying is hold on to me. Trust me, trust me. And there's story after story in the Bible of people that had to wait and had to wait. Whether you talk about Joseph who went through prisons and all sorts to see God's promise fulfilled. People like David who had to hide in caves for something like 15 years before God's promise was fulfilled in his life and he became king of Israel. So time and time again, and, and I share this from my own personal experience because I, I remember when I was younger and I all I wanted to do was be a pastor and to serve God and I felt that's what God had called me to, that's his promise to me that this is what you're called to. And I, I remember doing Bible college and, and finishing Bible college and re, in reality nothing opened up, no opportunity happened. And all I had to do was hold on to the promise and, what God, and God kept me in my job as a podiatrist. And something like five years passed before the opportunity came. But in that time I struggled and I strived and I, I complained to God a lot and say, Why isn't this happening? You've called me. Why haven't you given me a position or a place, a, a church or a role? A job in the ministry, and I would struggle. And and then I came to a point. Well, God, you are the ruler of my life, so I will work my job as a podiatrist as if I am working in the ministry, and I will do it with everything I have to honor you and show people I am under your rule. And, and I had to do that for five or so years, but just serve God as if I was in ministry, no matter what. And it took literally five or six years before that opportunity came. But what God did was he changed me. He changed my character and he grew my faith. And I just hung in there and I said, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to try to make it happen. I'm just going to wait until you do what you only you can do, God. And this is the power of perseverance. It will grow our character and it will grow our faith if we learn to trust God and remain under his rule and do what he asked us to do. So in those times, God wasn't asking me to preach. What he was asking me to do was be him to the people I was, who were my patients as a podiatrist and to be Jesus to them in whatever way I could. And So I did that and it transformed my life. I'll finish with this last scripture as we come to a close. Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 3. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, who are the cloud of witnesses? All the ones that have gone before us and proven that perseverance works, have proven the power of perseverance. They've hung on to God and they've come through and now they're in heaven cheering us on. Isn't that cool? And then let us throw off everything that hinders. What's everything that hinders? Our own our own desires, our own ways of wanting to see things happen, throw off all those ambitions and whatever else we might have, the, the things that we think we need. Maybe it's even health and other things that we've got to throw off everything else and even the sin that so easily entangles. And let us what? Run with perseverance the race marked out for us. How do we do that? By fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Saying of Jesus, For the joy set before him, Jesus, he endured the cross, scorning at shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Church, We've gone through all these practices and they're all great but we just have to persevere in them. Just because you hit a trial and tribulation it doesn't mean you need to stop reading your Bible. It's when you need to read your Bible. Just because you're going through a difficult time and things aren't happening the way you want them to, things aren't falling into place, it doesn't mean you give up on coming to church because you need your brothers and sisters in Christ in those times. We need to persevere. We need to remain under the rule of Jesus and have, and have great hope that he who loved us and endured so much for us will bring it to pass. Let's pray. As we pray this morning, you might want to take the opportunity to, to refresh your commitment to God. To say, God, I've, maybe you've got distracted by stuff and you say, God, I just refresh myself and recommit myself to being under your rule. That you are the king, I'm your follower and I just put it back in order. Maybe you want to do that. Maybe you're in the middle of some really hard stuff and you just need to know that God is with you. Don't give up. Just keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and you will see your faith perfected. You will see the breakthrough come. You will see it not by you trying to do anything other than keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus who is the answer to all of this whatever you feel you need to do I just ask you to as I pray to just present yourself to God however you need to. Lord God we thank you for your word we thank you for the reminder that you have called us to persevere that even when times are difficult around us and there's, there's all sorts of things coming against us our job is not to look at the things going on around us our job is to fix our eyes on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. That in you is everything we need. Lord, help us to continue and to remain in the practices you have called us to, whether it be reading our Bible or praying or just stillness sometimes or rest or fellowship or coming together and worshipping you together, whatever the practice is, help us to remain in them and to be faithful to them Lord God and to persevere in them and to not give up but to hold on to that incredible hope because of the love that you have for us you will see us through we thank you for your goodness God we thank you for who you are that you are faithful and true that you can be relied on that there is no one here like you You are the only one who can see us through. And God, I just pray that you would help us to persevere in that very fact. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.